0: I told the story on Twitter not that long ago uh, about the time I hit my best friend with the car. I I grew up in Southern California. I grew up listening to heavy metal, punk rock, riding skateboards. And when I was a sophomore in high school, my family decided to move to Oklahoma, uh, which is a a whole other story. I, I played a pretty big part in making sure we needed to move. Uh, I shared that one on Twitter, too. You can look that up. Anyway, we we moved to Oklahoma. I know absolutely nobody and am kind of in shock because it's just a, you know, this is the 90s. I think it was like 96 when we moved, and so different parts of the country still kind of retained their individual identity, and there really wasn't a whole lot of uh, California influence in Oklahoma at the time. There's a lot of country kids with their own kind of unique style and I just wasn't feeling like I fit in very well. I guess I stood out uh, quite a bit. Um, but anyway, my my sophomore year I had a class. There was this dude named Ryan who was a senior at the time who was a skater and he saw me right away. could tell I'm one of his people, right? Uh, so he offers to give me a ride home from school that day in his big old, oh, it was like a 1980s Chevy Caprice or something. A really big, brown, ugly car. Uh, we could get like 15 people in if we were packed in there. So he gives me a ride home and says, Hey, I want to, I want to take you by my friend's house. I want you to meet this kid. I think you guys would get along. Uh, that's when I met Nick for the first time. It was, uh, he lived in my neighborhood about two blocks away and <laughs> he had been skipping school that day. just didn't feel like going. So we roll up and uh, Ryan introduces us, you know, hey, this is Adam, he's new here, he just moved in, he just lives down the street from you. And Nick's like, right on, man. He's got hair down to his shoulders. Um, he's wearing a Foo Fighters, like, work shirt, like a button-up work shirt with Foo Fighters patch on it. And, like, some white pants and some Doc Martin boots or something. Like, just, I mean, <laughs> it's an interesting look, but obviously he's a, he's a grunge kid, he's kind of into all that. So it was like, well, you know, we'll be friends. Um, he bums some cigarettes off Orion, of and and that's that. And then uh, we start hanging out, kind of over the course of time. He comes to school. We, we hang out a lot. We be, we became really really good friends, partially because we lived so close together. Uh, we were into a lot of the same things, into a lot of the same music. Um, just you know how friendships kind of kind of come together. Anyway, you know we played music together. The high school band room had this really crappy drum set that you could check out for the weekend, and so I would bring these beat up old drums home. Uh, Nick would come down with his Squire Strat guitar, and we would just jam out in the garage. It was awful; it sounded terrible, but we didn't care. We had fun. You know, we'd throw open the garage door and I'd be beating away on the drums, and he'd be playing the guitar. My little brother and his friends would be out in the in the driveway skating and having a good time. It was it was a lot of fun, man. We we got along really, really well, and we're pretty much inseparable um, because, like I said, we lived so close together and just spent so much time together. And we got our first jobs together at the same place. I mean, you know, over the course of time, I'm influencing him, he's influencing me. Uh, he starts to get into a lot of the bands that I listen to, a lot of the same punk rock, and we're we're doing our best to start, like, a punk band and play all the time, and we we sucked, we were terrible, but that's kind of how punk rock goes. You know, like I said, he had really long hair. He was a grunge rocker. He was looking for a change one day. Said he was thinking about shaving his head. I was like, well, before you do that, well, let's do a mohawk, man. All right, cool. So we we put it up. You know, I had him lay down sideways and putting glue in it and like straight up Elmer's glue to put this thing up, blow dry in it so it would stiffen up. Man, that thing stuck straight up in the air. He wore it to school and had to go like sideways through the doors. And up until that point, you know, it's Oklahoma. There weren't like super extreme hairstyles really. So the school didn't really have a policy on it until he showed up. <laughs> and they decided to, to make one and announce that, that was the that was the policy going forward, that you couldn't have extreme or outrageous hairstyles except for like during Spirit Week or whatever. So sorry to everybody who came after us we kind of ruined it for you anyway there was a one day you know his his parents were divorced and his dad lived by us and his mom lived over in this trailer park not too far but you know a little ways across town and mom didn't have a phone or anything so we were I knew he was staying there uh, so I went over to go pick him up we were going to go hang out with some friends at, at Pizza Hut some people were up there waiting on us and so so, me and my brother and my girlfriend load up in my car. I had an 86 Jeep Cherokee at the time. And we head over to Nick's house to pick him up, to take him to to Pizza Hut with us. And as we're kind of going in there, pulling into the trailer park, coming around the corner, I see Nick walking in the middle of the street, kind of up to where we were. And at the time, his, his mohawk's down and kind of in his face, and he's just sort of kicking rocks. And he looks up and he sees that it's us and gets really excited. It was a, a pleasant surprise for him, I guess. And he does this thing that he, that he used to always do, which was like play chicken with the cars uh, where he'd kind of get in the middle of the street and sort of dare you to hit him. And, and he would always joke around. Uh, and, but this time he, he kind of started in a mad dash towards the car to play chicken. And me thinking I'll be funny, I kind of revved it. And, you know, this wasn't a fast car, but it was I did pick up some speed just to sort of scare him, figuring he's going to get out of the way like he always does. Uh, so, uh, so I'm speeding up towards him he's running towards me. And then it became really clear that the gap was closing fast enough that if I didn't step on the brakes, man, something bad was going to happen. And so I guess he realized the same thing. And so he goes to leap onto the hood of my car and I guess is going to do some kind of Dukes of Hazard roll off the car and land on his feet and claim he's a ninja or something. I don't know. And so when I see him kind of leap and I'm like, oh crap, I'm about to hit my my best friend. So I slam on the brakes. And I guess I stopped short just enough that uh, his knee went into the grill of my my Jeep and broke it. And he comes slamming down on my hood with both hands in his face. And I'll never forget the look on his face. It's like this, this look of total shock and amazement and bewilderment that, oh my gosh, you actually just hit me. As his face comes slapping down onto the hood of my car and his mohawk is flopping all over the place. Uh, and then he, the car hadn't come to a complete stop. I'm still kind of rolling forward or sliding forward rather. And as I'm sliding forward, he kind of slides down the front of the car and just sort of disappears from my view down, down into the street till I finally come to a complete stop. And at this moment, my girlfriend's screaming at the top of her lungs. You killed Nick. I can't believe it. My brother's in the back seat, like in hysterics. He's laughing so hard. He's crying back there. She can't believe what happened. And I'm... My mouth's hanging open. Both hands are on the wheel, and I, I don't move. And it feels like, like a year, man, that we're just sitting there. I'm thinking, I just—I just mangled my best friend. I just ran him over him with my car, and I killed him. Oh, <laughs> what am I gonna do? And it was such a loud collision that, like, neighbors are coming out onto their porches, you know, and sort of looking around, wondering what the heck happened. And so I go to open the door to get out, thinking, I'm gonna, I'm gonna witness this this kid's death and as soon as i open the door and step out you know girlfriend's still screaming my brother's still laughing uh nick pops up from from in front of the car and he's holding his chin with one hand holding his knee with the other hand and hopping around on the other leg like just bouncing around in a circle and and yells at me he says you're supposed to stop dude <laughs> and, and we're just like first of all i'm i'm totally relieved that he's alive Um, But he's he's bounced around and I can see there's blood coming down like from between his fingers down his hand. He's holding to his chin. It's all kind of running down his arm. He's jumping around. I'm like, dude, dude, are you okay? Like, do we need to we need to take you to hospital? He's like, no, man, it's it's fine. What what are you doing? (laughs) It's like we were we were coming to pick you up, man, to take you to to Pizza Hut. Oh, right on. I was coming up to the payphone to call you. So he he just got so excited because he was going to call me and and there I was you know showing up he just he I don't know I guess he he got carried away in his excitement or something but I'm I'm looking at him thinking like dude like we need to get you to a hospital man like you you bit it pretty hard and he's like no 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 I'm cool you guys are are going to pizza hut let's go man I'll I'll be fine it'll stop bleeding in a minute like all right dude uh you you sure. <laughs> Like, I I really think you need medical care. No, man, no. My girlfriend's, like, you know, kind of doing the motherly thing. Like, no, Nick, you really need to take care of this. This is really bad. I'm going to feel awful if something happens to you. And he's like, no, it's fine. It's cool. Let's go. (laughs) So we go. We go to Pizza Hut and hang out for the rest of the evening. And I... uh, You know, shame on whoever owned the Pizza Hut, because they didn't kick us out of there. Because he's he's sitting in the booth, bleeding all over the place. Like, it didn't stop. It didn't even slow down. And we're all just kind of staring at him in shock, you know, that, I, I can't believe you're You're not going to get this taken care of. He's pulling napkins out of the napkin dispenser on the table there at Pizza Hut and just like wadding them up and shoving them under his chin. And they'd get all saturated and he'd set them down and grab a bunch more. And it was just, it was such a ridiculous sight. Um, And there's some other friends of ours that are there. And everybody's like, "Uh, you should probably take care of that. No, 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 it's fine. So we, we order some food and he tries to eat it. And he starts, like, screaming in pain. He's like, there's something wrong inside my mouth. And he kind of, you know, he, he lifts his tongue up and sort of sticks it out. And we can see when he hit the front of the car, his knee broke the grill on the Jeep. And the, the grill was, like, plastic, but it was, like, a really hard kind of brittle plastic. And it, you know, a, a piece of it sticks out, and he caught it on the chin as he was going down. It pierced all the way through, like through his chin into the bottom of his mouth, and he he discovered it as he tried to eat pizza. So, so at that point it was like, all right, we're we're done here, I think, man. Like, so he ended up going home with a friend of ours, uh, this kid Tyler. Um, And when he gets there, Tyler's mom kind of looks at him and says, no, you need to go to the hospital. And he he tries to tell her, no, no, it's cool. I mean, this is like hours later and he's still bleeding. Uh, She says, no, this is not an option. Get in my car. I'm taking you to the hospital. So she takes him to the hospital. They check him out. They stitch him up. Uh, They call his mom to come down and and deal with stuff because he's a minor at the time. He's only 17. So they have to stitch him up on the outside on the chin and then like inside his mouth as well. And he has a major concussion and, you know, his legs all tore up and his mom is pissed, man. She's so mad. She like (laughs) she marches over to my house, gets in my dad's face and is like, your son's a bad influence on my kid. (laughs) My dad without kind of missing a beat. It's like, well, did you ever think that maybe your son's a bad influence on my kid? And she kind of, well, I guess I guess you have a point. <laughs> and that was sort of the end of it. But yeah, so that's that. That's the time I hit my best friend with the car. So what's interesting kind of about that, Nick and I stayed friends for a long time. We were still cool. And I can remember I started going through this kind of life transition, you know, sort of finding my faith, cleaning up my life, uh, stopped partying, stopped Doing all that, and just kind of naturally, I think, sort of lost connection with a lot of the friends that I'd had up into that point. But but Nick and I always stayed pretty pretty tight. Um, he was born with a leaky valve. And when he was five years old, he had to have an open heart surgery, and they had to replace that valve. And I remember him telling me that he needs a new valve about every 10 or 15 years, because his heart grows, and so he has to get a new one. Um, and he hadn't gotten one, but then when I went to see him, uh, after I'm sort of cleaning up my life, he'd had this open heart surgery where they replaced his valve again. Um, and he was, you know, kind of frail, uh, had quit smoking to, to get the surgery, and then had started smoking again, which at the time seemed silly to me, because it's like, dude, you just had open Open heart surgery like you must actually have a death wish if that's <laughs> if that's how you're gonna take care of yourself afterwards but that was Nick man he was he was you know didn't really seem to uh worry so much about himself the way everybody else kind of worried about him fast forward a little while you know I like I said I clean up I eventually decide to serve a mission for my church uh I went to Colorado for two years I wrote him a couple times a month for that that whole time Uh, He ended up hooking up with this girl, and I won't get into a whole lot of that, but basically, she had a kid, she told him it was his kid, it turned out not to be, and he just kind of spiraled after that, sort of withdrew into himself, and and everybody sort of lost contact with him after a while, Um, and and me especially. I I get home from my mission, I uh, go to school, went to college in Idaho, met my wife, Uh, we decided to get married in Dallas, Texas, and I invite Nick to the to the wedding reception I haven't seen him in I mean we're talking like four years at this point I hadn't seen him but he he agreed to come he lived about an hour away and uh rode his motorcycle with no helmet the whole way on on these Oklahoma back roads uh showed up for about 15 minutes at our reception said hey and then bailed uh in the rain on a motorcycle with no helmet you know, and, and that was that was the last time I saw him. Yeah, uh, we lost track. I went back to school at Idaho, uh, finished up. You know, I, I always thought about him. He never got on Facebook, never got into any of that, so it was like impossible to keep track of him. He bounced around for a couple years, and I spent the better part of you know 14 years just trying to kind of reconnect with him. Uh, I would call his family, hey, where's he living? Oh, he's up here, you know, doing this, and so I'd call, and the phone would just ring and ring and ring. I guess he didn't believe in answering machines either. And I just, you know, we just never reconnected. It's interesting. I, I told this story on Twitter just not that long ago. And about two weeks after I told this story, his sister uh, sent me a, a message on Facebook and told me that, that on December 7th of 2019 that Nick had passed away. And and it came as a shock to me. It was really kind of <laughs> kind of frustrated because it was like, hey, you know, it, it was the same sister I'd been trying to get a hold of to... to Tell me where is he? You know, every time I was thinking about him and trying to reach out. So she tells me that, you know, he he passed away this year that weekend, and it it came as a shock. It hit me really hard, and I I immediately had all these regrets about not reconnecting with him like I wanted to, and a lot of guilt for not trying harder to find him and to sort of reestablish that relationship with him, and kind of had to wrestle with that a little bit. So, you know, I'm invited to the to the funeral and I, I show up to it I see his family it's good to see him I hadn't seen him in you know almost 20 years really and going through the service after the service uh, I went up to, to give his mom a hug and it was a, a really long embrace uh, once she realized and remembered who I was and then she uh, immediately after I give her a hug she, she looks me in the face and says I don't ever want you to feel bad about what happened. And I'm thinking like, oh, crap. she, She's still upset that I hit him with the car. Uh, she said, no, no, no. Don't ever feel bad about that because when he went to the hospital, mom was furious because she didn't think he had any insurance. But it turns out he did, whether that was state coverage or what. Um, and she said, if, if he hadn't gone to the hospital, if I hadn't found out about his, his Medicaid coverage, then we wouldn't have been able to get him that heart surgery that he needed at that time when he was you know, 17, 18 years old. And she said, you gave us 20 more years with him. That we probably wouldn't have gotten if you hadn't hit him with the car, which <laughs> is so weird. But it's that—that's what she said. You know, Nick Nick ultimately passed away because he he kind of continued to neglect himself and didn't get the the valve transplant that he needed in time, and his health just sort of deteriorated to a point that his heart wouldn't have handled that that surgery. So when it came time to get it, it, it was almost too late for him, and, and he passed away in the hospital down there at uh, at Baylor, I believe. Um, but yeah, his mom. Told me that uh, never to feel bad for it, and that I ended up giving him twenty more years than maybe he would have had. And you know, this is all still pretty fresh. This is only a couple weeks old, and I've still sort of thought about, and I, and I. I I find myself still thinking about, you know, what's the takeaway for me from this? What's the lesson? I'm sure over the years there will be more to learn and more to take away. But I think right now the biggest takeaway really is just I look back on all the times that I felt pretty strongly like I needed to reach out to him, like I needed to get in touch with him. And I did. I made an effort, but it probably wasn't as much of an effort as it could have been. And, you know, I'm kicking myself for that and I'm, I'm sort of blaming myself for that. You, you get into that whole, you know, what could I have done? What would have been different? Would I have noticed? and you know I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time blaming myself for anything that isn't helpful and it's not uh, nor is it really rational to do so but i do think in the future when i have those kinds of feelings my i'm going to make a better effort to reach out to people and and i hope that that you all will too you know if you're having those thoughts those feelings that that little bit of inspiration to reach out to someone who maybe you haven't reached out to it's you know life is really fragile it's gone in a moment and and you never get it back Uh, at least not at least not this life you don't you don't get the opportunity to keep making memories with people forever And I I think right now that that's the takeaway for me and and I'm going to do a better job. So to my friends out there, you're going to you're going to hear a lot more from me, Uh, a lot more, a lot more positive things, you know, a lot more encouragement. And I'm just going to kind of insist on being in your life uh, a lot more than I have been. Thanks.